Welcome to Willard Church of the Nazarene. We're glad you're here. We can't wait to share the service with you.
and he heard and he answered i sought the lord and he heard and he answered i sought the lord and he heard and he answered that's why i trust him that's why i trust him i sought the lord and he heard and he answered i sought the lord and he heard and he answered i sought the lord and he heard and he answered that's why i trust him that's why i trust him i sought the lord and he heard and he answered i sought the lord and he heard and he answered i sought the
We are going to be in uh, Exodus 24, so if you want to start turning there, um, I want to talk about one thing, one thing, easy sermon, one thing, but it's a big one thing. And David said this in Psalm 27, verse 4. He said this, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. Can I ask you something? How would you finish that sentence? What would be the one thing that you would seek God for or ask God for today, right now? Honestly, what would be that one thing? If you could only ask for it, what would it be? David answered it this way that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Oh, Lord, I pray that sinks into our hearts. I pray that we get that today, right? Exodus 24. Today, I want to talk about our relationship with God, and I'm hoping that today it gets taken to a level, to a place that it has never been before, and and that is deeper. That's what we want, right? A deeper relationship with God. And I believe it all comes down to this one thing that David got, and and I pray that we get it today too. Now, uh, you already know the answer to this one thing, so it's going to be nothing new, but I'm afraid that if you've been in the church for a long period of time, I'm afraid that you're not going to be blown away by this thing that I'm going to share with you. Uh, here's the big thought. The, the big thought is that Yahweh, that God, the one true God, the creator of the cosmos, um, the, the all-powerful, the forever existing, the one who dwells, dwells in absolute, unapproachable light, that one is inviting you to come as close to him as you want to and to know him as much as you're willing to. Can we just step back from that for a minute? Because we all know that, right? But can we let that sink in? And can we really get that and see that in a fresh new way today? Yahweh is saying, I've made a way for you to come as close to me as you want to. And you can know me. That is huge, right? Exodus 24, let me give you a little context. This involves Moses. Moses was a son of a Hebrew woman, and uh, he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. He saw his people in slavery, and he saw them being mistreated. And one day, he killed one of those Egyptians who was beating a Hebrew slave. And he had to flee to the wilderness because some people knew about it. And he stayed there for decades until one day God revealed himself to him. And God told him 
that he was in the process of setting his people free. And he invites Moses to join him and be a part of that, right? He wants to send Moses to Pharaoh. And Moses, after giving a bunch of excuses why he's not the right person, he reluctantly agreed and God used him to, in fact, free his people. When they leave, the Israelites are led by a cloud right, by day and a fire by night. God parts the Red Sea, right, and leads them through the wilderness. Uh, There's a lot I'm skipping, but eventually um, we get to the point where God invites Moses and some others up to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is the holy mountain of God in the wilderness, that God would come down to. And Exodus 24, 1 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. You are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. God set this holy mountain aside, right? And not everyone can come to this mountain, and not everyone can come up this mountain, right? Don't touch it. Don't let your animals even go on it, or they'll die, or you'll die, right? But he invites Moses and these others to go up. And in verse 9, we see that they got to see God from a distance. Then Moses, though, was invited to come up into God's presence. And so he goes up with Joshua. Verse 15 says this, When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. Listen to this. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Could you imagine? Could you imagine experiencing this? My friends, this is a precursor. This is foreshadowing, the the foreshadowing of God inviting you and I through Jesus to come up to the holy place of God. We're invited through Jesus, not into a church building, not into a thing, not into a religion, right? But we're actually invited into God's presence. We're invited to know him. We're invited to talk to him. An incredible privilege. On a cross, Jesus proclaimed, it is finished, right? And the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies was torn in two. Now we have the privilege through that finished work to approach God. Turn to Exodus chapter 32 as you're turning there. So we just read that Moses has been up on this mountain with God 40 days and 40 nights, right? And then we read this in verse 1. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, 
We don't know what's happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they had handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Have you ever read that yourself and thought, these people are idiots, right? I think, how could anyone be that dumb? How could anyone who's experienced what they've experienced, they see fire on a mountain, right? Just recently, how could they form an idol, make a gold cow and worship it? What was Aaron thinking? Right? He's, he's the leader. He's the priest of these people. What is he thinking? You will have those kinds of thoughts until you realize we're just like them, though. We're just like them. Uh, you might say, I'm not that dumb, right? But we all have the option to go up the mountain and to get in God's presence. And far too many of us don't. And instead, we go after the golden calf, thinking that it will make us joyful. It will give us peace. We'll be secure from that thing, right? And we end up letting that golden calf take God's place in our lives. I'm going to seek after money or status, right? I've been there. Uh, If I can just make it to retirement, then I'll have peace. Then I'll have joy. So that's what I'm going to go after with everything that I am. We trade God's glory for a golden calf in a form of different things. Even after we've experienced everything that we've experienced, right? We've been bought. We've been set free from the curse of sin and death. He's given us a new life. We've experienced that, and we still will trade God's glory from some earthly thing that does not give us any peace, that does not ever satisfy, right? As dumb as this looks, this is us. This is us. Exodus 32, 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down because your people, right, whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. So so Mashua, a.k.a. Moses, and Joshua come down. Verse 19, when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hand, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people had made, burned it in the fire, and then he ground it to powder, scattered it in the water, and made the Israelites drink it. Moses is ticked, to say the least, right? Why? Why is he so ticked? Why is he so outraged at this golden calf? It's because he's just spent time in the presence of the God of the universe, and he recognizes just how pitiful this golden calf is as a substitute, right? 
Nothing could compare to God's presence to Moses. Here's a big takeaway. I think the more time that we spend in the presence of God, the more outrage that will be over the idols around us. The more we'll recognize them as idols, right? The question, though, is are we willing to go up the mountain into the presence of God? This isn't the only place where we see Moses in the presence of God. Exodus 33, if you turn to verse 11, tells us about this tent of meeting. Now, Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshiped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Do we see the intimacy there? Do we see that, right? Yahweh was talking to Moses like we talk to each other, like we talk to another person. Don't you wish you got to hear what they said when they were talking? We do in the next verses. Listen to this, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but have not let me know whom you will send with me. And God responds in verse 14. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. To which Moses responds in verse 15, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. I love this. Second big takeaway, if you're taking notes, right? Moses is saying, listen, I'm not going anywhere unless your presence is there. Unless your presence goes with me. What if I said that? What if we said that, right? What if we said that when we're thinking about who we're dating? Lord, if you're not going to be in this relationship with this person, I'm not entering in it, right? What if we said that for our jobs? Lord, if you're not going to be at this job, at this workplace, I'm not taking it. Whatever it is, Lord, I'm not investing my time and energy in this thing unless your presence is going to be there. Would we ever say that? I pray we do. I pray that's on our mind, right? I pray that's something that we think about. God told him, my presence will go with you. Now, that would have been good enough for me. I'd have been like, awesome. That, that's great. Uh, hey, God's going with me. I'm good. That's all I need to know. But Moses wants something more. Moses takes his shot in verse 18, and he says this. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. I'm I'm just wondering how many of us are in a place where we know God's with us, 
right? We recognize God being with us. He's blessing our path. I'm not talking about financially, but he's blessing our path with, path with peace and joy, right? But how many of us are willing to ask God Almighty, will you show me your glory? That's what I want, right? You read the verses after this, and God is like, yeah. It's not even like he gives it a second thought about it. Yeah, I'm going to stick you in the cleft of a rock. I'm going to put my hand over you to shield you. I'm going to pass by because you can't see me. If you did, you'd die, right? But I will show you the back of my glory, right? Turn to Exodus 34, 2. This is God speaking. He says, be ready in the morning. And then come up on Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. I'm hoping today that we come away with this crazy idea that God is saying the same thing to us that he says to Moses here. Because of what Jesus did, right? Get ready in the morning. Come up on Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me. And my glory will pass by. I hope that we get to a place where we're just not satisfied being at the base of the mountain, where we actually want to come up, right? We desire more than anything else to get to the place where we're in his presence and he reveals his glory. I hope we don't settle for any less of him. I think so many times we start off with, I need God's help. And so we go to him and we ask him, Lord, would you help us? Lord, would you give us direction? Lord, would you give me input? Lord, would you give us freedom from this? Lord, would you give us wisdom? I need discernment. And all those things are great, but we stop there. We're okay with just those things. But what if we said, Lord, I just want you. I just want to spend time with you. I think sometimes we're just too focused in on getting out of the jam. God wants us to want more, right? He wants us to desire him. Not what he can do, but just him, right? That's what we want for our kids. If you're a parent today, you probably have felt like a chauffeur or a bank vending teller machine, giving them money, right? We want them to not just want those things. We want them to want to spend time with us. And we want to spend time with them. And God is the same. We're just asking him for things, asking him for help. But he wants us to just want to be in his presence, to know him. David wrote this in Psalm 37, 4. This is what he believed. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give us the desires of our heart. I read that, and I'm like, if I don't have what my heart desires, that's on me, right? Because I choose whether or not to delight myself in the Lord. I can't control if you delight yourself in the Lord, but I sure can control if I do. And David believed that if we do, if we did that, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, that he will give us the desires of our heart. Now, I believe that that equation 
works like this. The more I want the Lord, the more I get of the Lord, and therefore the more my heart is satisfied with Him and His presence alone. I get Him in everything that I've desired because He is all that I need. We were created by God and for God. Colossians 1, right? I love Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, it says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Can, can we start praying for that? Can we start praying for a spirit of wisdom and revelation? Revelation is what happens when the Holy Spirit takes information and just blows it up in our hearts and in our minds and confirms that it's true. The things we know become absolutely vivid right in our hearts and it captures our desires we move towards god like we've never moved towards god before because we know him more i pray that today lord open the eyes of our heart right we started with psalm 27 verse 4 david says one thing i ask from the lord this only do i seek that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life. One thing I asked you, what are you putting at the end of that? What is that one thing? Dear God, please give me this one thing. What's going to fill your blank, right? For David, if he can just get one thing, it's going to be to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to meditate on him in the temple. What's your one thing? I think God has a one thing. And that one thing is he just wants you. Of course he has a will for your life. Of course he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Of course he gives you gifts and abilities to build the church. Of course he wants you to join him in what he's doing in your community, in your neighborhood, to your generation, right? Uh, Your workplace, your family. Of course all those things are true. But more than all that, I think he wants you to dwell with him. How far up the mountain or how close are you going to go in that? This is the mind-blowing part, right? You can go as high as you want to go. You can go as close as you want to go. A.W. Tozer, theologian and preacher, he said it this way, every person is as close to God as they want to be. Every person is as close to God as they want to be. Well, you don't know the hardships I've been. You, you don't know about the tough experiences I've had. Hardships don't stop you from being close to God, do they? Right? According to Romans, they don't. They actually push us closer. Sure, hardships can, if we allow them, turn us away from God. But I've never been closer to God than in those seasons, in those desperate times, in those most painful moments that I've walked through. Moments where I had absolutely nothing but the grace of God. And you know what happened in those seasons? 
I learned that the grace of God is true. I learned that the grace of God is deep and wide, right? I learned that it is as powerful as they say it is. In those moments, I learned that the love of God is real, that the presence of God is real, right? When's the last time any of us said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it, but I've just carved up some time to spend in the presence of God, right? Have we ever said that? I just want to encourage us to all go as high as we can on the mountain, right? There's no place on the mountain that says, sorry, authorized personnel only, no, no admittance beyond this point. I, I pray that we make it there. I pray that we seek his glory. I pray that we're not sold on a gold calf and seeking that instead, thinking that's going to give us what we desire, right? I, I have this thing on my phone where if I swipe right, there are these articles that somehow know everything about me. I don't know, it's like they're listening or something like that. And so I've got Justin Fields' information. Is he going to get traded from the Chicago Bears or is he going to stay? That's something I need to know about. I got Buckeye's information. This person is leaving for the NFL. This person is staying for the NFL. There's always Call of Duty zombies with some tips and tricks that I can learn to level up my game, right? There's always this electric Dodge Charger for some reason. I don't even really get that that's out there, but I got to check it out, right? There's always some weightlifting thing program that I need to check out and learn how I can get more buff, right? Um, there's always a snoring thing. <laughs> and I always, I always look that because I'm looking, away, looking for a way off the couch. Uh, I don't know if you can relate, but sometimes I go to this place and next thing I know, but an hour's passed. An hour and a half has passed. Like I don't even realize how much time has passed in that area. I'm just wondering, what if God's Spirit ignited our hearts in such a way that we could spend time in this living, breathing Word of God in such a way that we lost track of time in His presence, right? Maybe we miss a meal because we went up on the mountain and got in God's glory and found ourselves just gazing at his beauty. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's available to us. That same A.W. Tozer that I gave you that quote about, I was reading a story about him. One of the people that worked for him said that it was his assistant that she was in the office, and he came in, and his normal routine was to go into a corner of his office and pray, and, and she said that usually he would spend about an hour there in that prayer. Um, but this particular day, uh, he didn't come out. He didn't come out at lunchtime. It, it came and went, and finally it was getting towards the end of the day to the time that she had to leave. It was quitting time, and so she kind of nervously knocked on the door and opened up that door, and there he was still sitting in that corner. And she nervously said, excuse me, Dr. Tozer, but um, it, it's time to go. And, and he was startled, and he, it was like he just came out of something, right? 
And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, what, what time is it? Right? And she said, it's, it's 5 o'clock. And he's like, man, I didn't even know what time it was. He lost track of it. In the presence of God. Man, friends, that's available to us today. I thought, have I ever done that? I've never. I've spent a good amount of time in God's Word and in prayer, but I've never lost a day. I've never so lost track of time that I missed a meal, right? I've never went up the mountain and got into God's presence like that and seen His glory like that and asked for His revelation like that. I've been trying to seek that in these days ever since we've started this Bible reading program and challenge. I think about what if I did? What if, what if I did get in that place, right? What if, what if that truly was the thing that I desired above all things? I'm praying that that happens, right? I'm praying that for me. I'm praying that for you. Lord, would you show us your glory? What if I wasn't alone? What if that was something that we all desired as his church, right? I believe that's the people that God is looking for. Mary's over Martha's. A lot. I'm a Martha, man. I'm about get this done, do this thing for God, right? Serve him in this way, and that's what it's about. But we know he was looking for Mary's. Sure, there's going to be Martha moments, but Mary first that just sits at his feet, right, and listens to him. Yeah, we're going to get our work done. Yeah, we're going to do well for our company, and we're going to do all those things, right? And I want to add value to everything that I touch, right? But I don't want to be robbed of this one thing anymore. And that is to be in God's presence, to dwell with him all the days of my life. I want to gaze at his beauty. Amen? Aren't we tired of being satisfied with the gold calf? Aren't we tired of chasing after that, right? I want to know him like I've never known him before. What would happen if we did that? I started to thinking if we truly all got on the same page and do this, man, our worldview is going to change up on the mountain of God, right? It would be reorganized by the glory of God. Uh, once we truly experience that, we're going to compare everything else to that, and everything else will just be foolishness that we used to chase after, those gold calves that we used to, right? When we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, right? Won't we realize that? That, that golden calf will be nothing. People will be like, hey, you want to go do this and, and chase after this? And we'll be like, nah, that, that doesn't even interest me anymore. What else would happen? Man, we'd be lit. We, would, we wouldn't have to tell anybody well, you know what? Yesterday I just spent all day with God and I just turned everything off and I just closed down uh, all the apps and decided that I was just going to get in the presence of God and man, what a, what a great and amazing time that was. Nah, we wouldn't have to tell anybody that. We did. Nobody would need that speech. Moses' face glowed from being in the presence of God, right? And I'm not talking about our faces will literally glow from that. They might, I don't know. But I know that our lives would. I know that our attitudes would. 
I know that there would be something very different about us that would be very evident to the people around us from spending time like that in his presence. People would be shocked by it, right? By how different we are. What else? I believe our kids would follow us. Did you notice who was with Moses when he went up the mountain, when he was in that tent of meeting? His young aide, Joshua. Right? Joshua, the one that would take up the mantle, would take over the leadership when Moses died. Young people, this is for you, man. Here's Joshua in the tent, right? And it says Joshua wouldn't leave. Moses didn't have to tell him to be there. Moses didn't have to bribe him to be there, right? Moses didn't have to say, you know you should, and you know if you're not, you're not being a good Israelite or anything like that. No, he experienced the presence of God, and he's like, I'm not leaving this place. That can be you, right? Teens, that can be you. Where you realize, where you experience something real, not boring church, right? but the almighty presence of God, the glory of God. And I wonder today, who has a hunger for it? Who's willing to go up the mountain? Who's willing to put down the foolishness, to to put down the foolish ideas of being satisfied with a, a golden calf and to go after it and just spend time with him, pray to him, talk to him, right? I want to challenge us to pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know him better, right? I want, to, I want to challenge us to pray, Lord, show me your glory, right? Stand with me. The question is, will you do it? Will you do it? I think we desire it. But will we carve out the time and the space for it? How do we do it? We're challenging you to be in the Word, right? That's a big part of it. Uh, But I really, by that challenge of being in the Word, I really just want to challenge you to be in God's presence. Because that's where you're at when you're reading it. Right? That's the place where he can speak to you if you allow him. Right? If you're praying and talking to him and you're reading the word and allowing him to talk to you. I, I love the challenge of, of reading through the Bible, but I'm afraid of something. I'm afraid it's going to be all about check marks. You're going to feel good about yourself because I, I checked this whole book off. I'm scared for that, right? It can't be about the check mark. It's got to be all about, I just want to spend time in God's presence. I want him to reveal himself to me. I want to know him like I've never known him before. Forget this, right? Good challenge. Forget it, though, and just spend time in God's presence and read it, man. If, if you only got one check mark, you know, man, read through, read until... You can't read anymore, right? Just keep going. Just keep asking him to, to show me your glory, Lord. Listen, you might not be there. You, you might be hearing this. <laughs> you might be saying, Lord, I don't really care. That's not where I'm at, you know? 
would you pray that he changes your heart? Right? I'm going to be honest with you. That's been my prayer since starting this. Because my desire was not all about him. He was not the, the one thing that I was going after. But I want him to be. I want him to do a work in me so that I want to be in this and I don't do it out of ritual. I want him to change me. I, I'm praying continually that he shows me his glory, but we got to be willing, I got to be willing to spend time there. I, I believe he's kind of saying, kind of seeing, are you really in this for me? I'm going to wait and see a while. I'm going to wait and see if it's true. I'm going to wait and see if you're willing to spend enough time to get there, right? The mountaintop took a little time to get up there. Am I going to give God 15 minutes and be like, meet with me or don't, you know? Or am I going to go up and wait on the Lord? That's what I'm doing. That's what I want to do. I'm going to go up and wait on the Lord as long as I can Till that revelation happens. Till that glory happens. Will you join me in that? That's my prayer for us as a church. I love, like I said, I love this challenge. But I'm scared that we put it in the wrong direction. And I pray that we just, we just really desire him. And that's the desire of our hearts. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that today that you would kindle a flame in our hearts so that we would desire one thing and one thing only and that's you not what you can do for us lord but we just desire to be in your presence and to know you to gaze at your beauty lord Father, would you give us that spirit? Would you reveal yourself to us? Father, would we block out time, Lord, and wait upon you, Father? And Lord, would you show us your glory? Would you flip our lives upside down completely, Lord? Father, I've chased it after golden calf's way too long, Lord. I want to chase after you. Lord, give me that heart. Lord, let your spirit make that happen. Father, make us holy. Lord, we love you and we give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen.